Hey everyone, Sam Ovens here, and in today's video, I'm going to explain why your brain is fucked. And, basically, why your brain looks like this. You know, we've got maybe a goal here, goal there, well, actually why not have a goal here? What about goal here? Actually, I don't want this goal, let's have this goal. Then how am I going to get that goal? Well, probably by trading that goal, and then I'll do this action, no, actually this action, no, this action, actually that action, no, why not go for that goal, that goal, this place, these friends, that, 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 it's just a total fucking mess, right? And this is basically the thought patterns that most people go through every single day of their lives, and it's a total mess. And when your brain is fucked, and when your brain looks like this, you can't really get anything done, you can't really achieve anything, and it's a problem. In this video, I'm going to show you how to how to fix this, and basically, how to unfuck your brain and make it a bit clearer, so that you can see. You know, this isn't perfectly clear, but it's quite an improvement. And once you can see clearly and think clearly, you can improve your life. So. Let's get started. I've got a total of about 10 things that I want to show you to help you unfuck your brain and think clearly. And this is kind of a follow-up video from the recent one I did last week, which was called Why You Can't Do The Work. And in that video, I basically answered a question that a lot of my viewers have. And it is, why can't I do the work? Like, why can't I sit down at my computer and do the things I know I need to do to get the result that I want. And in that video, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it now. I'll put the link to it in the description beneath this video. But in that video, I said, you know, you need to love what you do. And I gave you practical steps to actually find what you love, so then you can do it. And this is kind of a follow-on and an extension to that video. Because you might know what you love, and you might want to do what you love. But you have problems, you're like, you have blockages, and you're confused, you're anxious, and you just can't think straight, right? And this is a big problem. A lot of human beings have fucked brains. So I'm going to show you how you can really clean it up. We've got 10 things to cover, let's get started. So the first one, and this is so common sense that it's kind of funny, but you know, common sense isn't common practice. And the people that always say, oh, that's common sense, those are the people that don't do common sense, right? Because people who do common sense, they wouldn't make a common sense remark like that. So the first one is diet. And I'm being completely serious. Even if you want to do well in business, diet is huge. Because you, a human, you are an organic machine, right? You are made of organic matter. And how you exist and how you grew to be the size you are and how you continue to fuel yourself every single day is by consuming organic inputs that you break down and combine with oxygen to turn into energy, right? Now, you without food and without water will die. You without food and without water will think poorly. Now, the quality of those inputs is very important too. And the best way to think about this is garbage in, garbage out. You know, you are what you eat, and there's varying levels. You know, if you don't eat anything, that's bad. But 
If you eat too much, that's bad. But then the quality of the inputs you're putting in affects your thinking in a huge way, right? So if you drink a lot of alcohol, that makes a massive difference. I can honestly tell you that one of the biggest shifts that happened in my thinking, in my intelligence, in my decision-making, and in my business success was just stopping drinking alcohol. I mean, not drinking a poison and not willingly killing brain cells is a pretty good thing to do. So I stopped drinking alcohol, and I also have a pretty clean diet. I use this uh, meal delivery service called Thistle, T-H-I-S-T-L-E dot C-O, and I basically eat a lot of plants. I'm not a vegan and or a vegetarian. I'm also not a hardcore meat person. I like to have a kind of balance in the middle there. About half the meals I eat are vegetarian. About half the meals I eat have meat in them. And I think that's a good balance. And then I just try to eat a lot of plants and no dairy, no wheat, no sugar, no gluten, and no processed stuff, as well as no alcohol, right? That's basically what I eat. And if you're wondering, like many people, well, what's left to eat if we don't eat those things? Well, basically plants, right? So diet. I can tell you that if you eat better, you will think better. It's a big, big, big difference. And this includes alcohol too. Now, the second one is sleep. I'll try to write a bit bigger. Now, again, this is common sense, but common sense is not common practice. So sleep is huge. And if you don't believe me, then just run a little experiment. Like tonight, just try not sleeping at all. Just stay up all night, right? And then tomorrow, go to work. See how you perform. Now, at the end of that day, see how you're feeling, see what your output was like, and then go to sleep, and then try the next day after having a good sleep, and then see how you perform, right? It doesn't take a genius, or it doesn't take much of an experiment to really prove that sleep is important. Both of these are easily provable. You know, diet, just give someone a whole lot of, like, bad food and alcohol, and watch them work, then give them a clean diet and no alcohol, watch them work, right? This is just simple stuff, but, you know, common sense isn't common practice, and the things that most people forget aren't, are really the simple things, right? It's quite crazy when I look around at, you know, people that want to, like, exercise and lose weight and get healthy, they're worried about, like, what Apple Watch they've got and what apps they've got on their Apple Watch and what headphones they've got, whether they've got wireless headphones with what Apple Watch with what apps, and then what gym they're going to, and then what Nike shoes with what socks, and then what type of exercise they're doing, and what type of smoothie they're having, which is totally out of this world crazy, right? That's so complex. Really, this the things to being healthy and fit haven't changed. It's just eat good food, which is mostly plants and not processed crap, don't drink alcohol, and then sleep like seven, eight hours a night, and have lots of water, and exercise, doing anything, provided it makes your heart go a bit faster, and holds it there for a while, at least 30 minutes, and you sweat, then that's all you really need to do, right? People make stuff complicated. So diet and sleep, what's the third one? Your environment. Environment. Now, your environment is huge, because basically, you, human being, when you have, like, you as a system, right, you're operating within an environment. 
Right, so let's, let me draw this here. This box, let's say this is your environment. And you are within this environment. Now, you have like inputs that come in, right, to you. And those inputs are like food, water, things like that, and sleep. But then you're operating within here, the same way like a goldfish would be operating within a tank. Like, it's important that it has inputs and things, but its environment is always influencing it as well, and it has to evolve with its environment. Now, most people don't take notice of their environment, and it's really quite a big one. You know, if you take a species that's really well evolved in, say, uh, Antarctica, and you put it in the desert, it'll die. You take something out of the desert, you put it into Antarctica, it'll die, right? A lot of these, a lot of, like, apex predators and, and species that are very well evolved, they will just cease to exist if they're in the wrong environment, right? Now, this is huge. Like, you want to make sure your environment's optimized. And how you do that is by really taking a look at the next thing on this list, which is your goal. So, it's really important that you have a goal, because if you don't know what you want, how do you know what to do so that you can get what you want? You know, most people, they don't know what to do, because they don't know what they want. And when they don't know what to do, because they don't know what they want, then they don't know what they should learn, or they don't know what they should think about or feel, and they feel kind of anxious and frustrated because they're not doing anything, or they are doing a lot, but they're not making progress towards a goal which they don't know exists, which is pretty crazy. Again, most people's brain looks like this. It's all over the place, all right? So having a goal really just cleans this up quite a lot. And the way to think about it is you just want to imagine this dot is goal, all right? And you want to clearly define it, and it should be long-term. And by long-term, I mean, like, you want to think 10, 20, 30 years out. Now, you might think, why would I think that far out? Like, the further out you think with your goal, the better. You know, if you have a short-term goal, like just buy house or something, right? Before you know it, you'll actually have house, and then you'll be lost again. And take it from someone who used to set goals like this, you know, it would be great. I'd have a lot of clarity and be making progress towards it, but then I'd get there and then I'd be lost again, right? It's better to just think really long-term, like what do you, where do you want to be in 10, 20, 30 years? And then define that and then start collapsing it back until today to start thinking, what are the best decisions that I can make today in order to get to here long-term? So define the goal. And once you've defined the goal, then you're able to look at the other side of this equation. So we would look at, there's basically three sides. I will put in N for now times action equals goal, right? So we've got two variables v1, v2, and one output, right? Output is goal, now is your current situation now, and action is the action you take as a human to apply to your current now, and you're measuring its output as 
did we make progress? Is it going towards goal or is it going away from goal? Right? Progress or aggression? Now, you want to basically optimize and iterate this equation so that you do more of what works and less of what doesn't. Right? But we come back to number three, environment, which is this box. Like, how do you choose the right environment? Well, it's really dictated by your goal. So let's say that your goal is to become a, or like to build a big software company, right? Well, if you want to do that, then you're, you we come back to now, and let's say right now you're living in a country that is really small. Like let's say you're in New Zealand. I know this well because I used to be there. And you're thinking, well, my environment is kind of New Zealand and the city I'm in within New Zealand. And my goal is this, to build like a big software company. Is this the best environment for me to do this? Well, how do you know? Well, you can look at people who have achieved a goal, right? And who had a now at one point that was similar to yours with your environment. So once you've done that, you can see if they kept the environment or if they changed it. And how what the pattern and the trend is there. Because changing your environment is one way to massively like hack and influence the achieving of your goals. You really want to be in an environment and in a place that gives you an advantage. So if you wanted to build a software company, being in a, com being in a country that has a lot of talented software engineers is an advantage, right? Or if you wanted to, for example, build a space company, well, Elon Musk, he had Tesla in uh, Silicon Valley, right? But then when he started SpaceX, his space company, he put it in Hawthorne, California. Now, why would he do that, right? Well, Hawthorne, California, especially where he put it, there's a lot of aerospace things there. And if you just drive past the SpaceX headquarters and then look at the other buildings in close proximity to that, they're like Lockheed, Martin, and uh, there's a lot of other aerospace engineering companies there. That means that there's a lot of aerospace engineering talent in that area. Now, he put it there because it, it was an advantageous environment to achieve his goal, which was to one day occupy Mars. Do you see what I'm saying here? So look at goal, then look at environment, and think, how could I change my environment to better influence the achieving of this goal? That is a big one. And that's why I left in New Zealand to go to New York, because New Zealand only has like 4 million people. And America is really the best place in the world if you want to start and grow a business, because there's no market quite like it. And then New York to California, mostly because of the talent that I needed. I need a lot more software engineers. And America, I mean, uh, New York is mostly like finance and legal and things like that, right? And so that's why I changed my environment. And so that's why Elon Musk chose that too. Plus Elon Musk used to live in South Africa, but then he moved to America because, and he says this in his book too, which is really good and you should read it, that America is the place to start and grow a business. I mean, I'm not saying that if you're outside of America, you're screwed, but it really is a, a there's no market quite like it. It's a big one. And there's a lot of people here and there's a lot of people that buy stuff. 
and it's a very entrepreneurial kind of culture, right? So that is diet, sleep, environment, goal. Now, what else have we got? We've got iterating one side of the equation. This is a big one that most people royally screw up. So I'll just write equation. So I explained this equation to you here, right? You've got basically there's three sides to this. One, two, three. Well, this is the output here, the goal. And then you've got two sides of this equation here. Now you've got your const, you've got your now, and then you've got like your action that you take, right? What is what most people royally screw up is changing to iterating both sides of the equation, right? And what I mean is changing this and that at the same time, or changing this, that, and that all at the same time, right? Now let me give you an example. So with math and with like machine learning algorithms and with your brain, you have to hold a constant, right? And you have to iterate one side of the equation at, the at a time. So first of all, you must define a goal first. Then you decide what action you're going to take to apply it to now. And then you measure that, that outcome. And then when you get that measurement, then you decide which, like, what action you're going to iterate to and try next, right? But where people go completely wrong is they change too much stuff and it just creates chaos and they lose the causal chain of things. They, they are unable to find causality in the equation and in life. So if I change my goal as well as changing an action and I don't achieve it, what do I do? Was it the action or was it the goal? Because if I kept my goal constant and I tried that new action, then maybe I would have achieved it. But I don't know, because I've gone and just changed everything, right? So when you're experimenting with things, you have to hold a constant and iterate one variable and hold your goal constant too, right? This is why you want to think long term with your goal, because if you think short term, then you'll set a goal and then you'll change your mind later and then everything you've done and thought about and been experimenting with is now like corrupt because you've basically gone and changed the whole equation, right? So hold a constant, iterate one variable at a time. Now, what is next? Number six. Too much chaos. So too much chaos is a really big problem. Like all of this crazy stuff that's going on around me, this is chaos. And most people have really chaotic brains, really chaotic thinking, nothing's clear. So if you've got too much chaos, how do you control it? How do you limit that? Well, for one, you have to respect the equation. You have to hold your goal constant, and you have to hold one side of the equation constant and iterate one variable at a time. That you have to do. There is no other way to find causality, because... If you keep changing both things and you get a different output, you don't know what thing changed that output. Was it this one? Was it that? I don't know. Neither do you. But if I hold this constant and I change this and I get a different result, then I know it was this, not that, right? 
That is why it's so powerful to do it that way. It's the scientific method. If you don't know what scientific method is, Google it. It is a really simple, really powerful way to think and have a better life. But other ways to control chaos is to also look at your environment. Like, if your environment, for example, if you're living with a bunch of, like, people who are going out and partying and coming home late every night and drinking all the time and making a ton of noise and you're trying to focus and concentrate and start a business, then this is a really bad environment for this, right? That's a great environment for a socialite, but a really bad environment for somebody who wants to start their own business and think clearly. So that's another way you can uh, decrease chaos with your environment. Uh, another one is sleep. If you're not having enough sleep, things are going to be chaotic. You should be getting in between seven and eight hours a night. And your diet. So this one's huge. I notice a huge amount of turbulence when my diet changes, right? And I know because the day that is kind of like my cheat day and I eat like whatever is Sunday. And the rest of the days I have very like strict, I eat very clean. But on Monday is always like my most turbulent day. My emotions are very wavy. And it's because of really sugar and processed food. Like if I eat sugar, like my brain doesn't behave normally and I'll just have waves of emotion and anxiety that are there for no reason. So when your body's tuned well, you only really have anxiety in response to some threat in your environment or something that is causing like this response, right? That is normal. That's how your body is supposed to behave. Oh, there's a massive tiger or a lion. It could kill me. Anxious. That is normal. That is when you're tuned properly. But when you're doing some emails and nothing there's no threat, there's no like stimulus that would that should cause such a response, and all of a sudden you just feel this wave of anxiety coming over you, well, that's not normal. That is, That means you've got a fucked brain. And the reason why that happens mostly to me is because of diet and sleep. Like, I can't tell you, if I, if I don't have enough sleep, I'll be getting worried for, for absolutely no apparent reason. And if I eat sugar and processed foods and alcohol and stuff, I'll be getting worried for no apparent reason. So if your emotions are like a roller coaster and you're getting anxious and there's no apparent reason why this should happen, then honestly, look at diet and sleep and your environment. Another thing you can do is control your inputs. Like if you're watching the news or if you're scrolling on social media looking at people dribble about like politics and Trump and all of this crap, then stop it. Like, scrolling your feed and looking at people argue about politics and a bunch of, like, crap, and watching the news and watching a bunch of people, like, talk about, like, really depressing topics and probably politics as well, it's really stupid. Like, it doesn't improve your life, and it doesn't help you improve anybody's life, right? Actually, what it probably does is make you feel shit, and then when you feel shit, you're probably going to make a lot of other people feel shit. And when they feel shit, they're probably going to make a lot of other people feel shit. And we get a cascading effect of shitness ripping through society because you were just doing something dumb, right? So control your inputs. Garbage in, garbage out. Not only with food, not only with sleep, but also with information. You want to really control the information that's going into your brain. We are what we eat and... We are also what we eat, like, 
information-wise. So what information you consume becomes what you think, what you believe, what you feel, and how you behave and how you respond and react to like unfolding events in your life, right? So control that. I don't, I'm on like nobody's email list, right? I don't get any mail. Like I don't subscribe to any of that crap. I don't read the news. And I also don't use social media. I do publish stuff to social media because a lot of you guys still use it, right? Um, and, and that's the way I can get messages like this to people who need messages like this through social media. So I use it as a publisher, but not as a consumer. I never really consume anything there, unless it's intent-driven. And by intent-driven, I mean I will go to the platform with an intent, search for what I'm looking for, find that, and get out. Gone. I never go there just being like, okay, Mr. Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, serve me up something. Right? I never go there because that is how you go down a rabbit hole and how you waste a day, which will probably turn into like 10 years. Right? Go with singular, single-minded intent, and once you've satisfied it, get out. That's how I use the platforms, and they're good for that. But most people don't have that sort of self-control. What else have we got? So, too much chaos is a problem, but also too much order. So with our equation here, let's say you hold your goal constant, which is good, and you are iterating this variable here, right? But you just don't seem to be getting any sort of progress or improvement from this equation, right? What does that mean? Well, what it means is you've probably got too much order. And you can have too much order by having a limiting array of like variables that you're trying here, right? So you're, you, you're a bit too convergent. And what you need instead is to be a bit more divergent. You need a wider array of things to iterate with here. And what you really want to do is invite more chaos into this variable. And how you do that is really through randomness. You know, when I'm stuck on something and I'm trying to find and I'm iterating through different things, and I'm stuck, I will always use my friend randomness. And what I do is, I'm not even joking right now, this is honestly what I do. If I'm like stuck and I can't think of something, I'll just walk over, pick up a random book off my bookshelf, and flick to a random page in it, and drop my eyes down to a random paragraph in it, and just read it. And whatever that tells me there, like whatever that idea is or whatever, it generally gives me some totally random new idea. Or perspective on something and I'm like all right let's try that and I'll put that into here and then see how that goes because really when you're doing when you have too much order it's when you have a limited range of things for this variable and this is this this is where that saying doing the same thing over and over again and thinking for a different result uh, is is like the definition of insanity. It's actually not, but that saying says that, and that saying's quite true. You know, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, but expecting a different result, you are kind of insane. And that's too much order. But doing too much different crap over and over again and expecting a good result is also insanity, right? So there's two sides of the spectrum of insanity. Too much chaos, too much order, 
and like just corruption of equation, right? You need to have a nice proper equation where you hold a constant, iterate a variable, and then when you're iterating the variable, you want to try quite a, a range of different things. That is where innovation comes from, trying things that are very different, right? But still maintaining the integrity of the equation. That is very helpful. Sometimes when I'm wondering like what budget to set for something, like for a for an ad, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what budget to set for this, I'll just flick a page in a book and whatever page number it is, that's the budget, Boop, put it in, right? Total randomness. And where I got that from is just by observing nature. Nature uses randomness to help evolve uh, nature and it's done pretty well. It's still smarter than us humans. And so randomness can actually help you a lot. So you should use it. What else have we got? Oh, another example of this in nature would be like, uh, you know, a weak species versus a strong species. So in nature, like, the, a weak species would be an inbred species, right? Now, what is inbreeding? Well, it's when the species, like, mates with its own, like, family, and it creates an offspring. And really, that is holding a constant, and this variable is so limited here that it, it, there's no variety in here at all. So what you're doing is you're basically taking constant and constant and applying it to get something mutated, an inbred, all right? So that is why inbred species are the weakest and they, they're deformed and things. It's not very good. But on the opposite side of the spectrum, well, let's try something a bit further in on the spectrum. We've got a purebred species, like purebred dogs, purebred anything, right? So purebreds are actually a lot weaker and a lot more prone to sickness, right, than like crossbreeds, right? Crossbreeds or like mutts or whatever they call them, those, they're way more strong and tough than something that's purebred. And a purebred is stronger than something that's inbred, right? But the strongest of them all is a crossbreed. And a crossbreed is when you're iterating on this variable. Right, you might take a German Shepherd and a Poodle and crossbreed them, right? Or you might take a German Shepherd and a German Shepherd, that's, that's going to get you an output of a purebred German Shepherd, but a German Shepherd and a Poodle is going to get you something, I don't know what that is, but then that would be the strongest one, by the way, but a German Shepherd and its, its sibling, that gets you something a bit nasty, right? So you get what I'm saying here. I didn't just make this stuff up. This is how it works. And so in your business, you really want to get outside of your space. And what I mean by your space is your industry or your niche. You want to know your niche. But when it comes to getting ideas for this variable here, you want to draw from other industries and a wide array of different sources. Because if you, and Elon Musk does this very well, like, he'll take things he learned from Silicon Valley and apply it to cars. For example, like, Tesla is the first ever car that has network effects. And by that I mean every mile driven by every Tesla makes the cars more intelligent for all of them, right? And the more intelligent they get, the more people want to drive a Tesla. And that means that they get even smarter. So there's a feedback loop there. And that is really like something learned from the software world, right, in Silicon Valley. And he's gone, the people from General Motors and stuff, and back in the days, like people in Detroit, that sort of thinking just didn't exist. 
So if you took some executives from Detroit out of General Motors and you got them to try and come up with something, they would have a very limited range of ideas for this variable. But when you take someone like Elon Musk and you combine software, Silicon Valley, and you combine uh, car manufacturing, you get some new creation, right? So too much order is a problem, but also too much chaos. What else have we got? All right, the eighth one is battles versus wars. Now, this is an important one that a lot of people get stuck on. So last week when I made a video about why you can't do the work because you don't love what you're doing, some people I noticed in the comments, they said, well, this is silly because you're basically just saying I shouldn't do anything that I don't like and I can't always love what I'm doing. And that's true. But whoever said that has a problem with their, their thinking when it comes to battles versus wars. And what I mean specifically is macro versus micro thinking. All right? Now what I'll do is I'll just get a bit more space to draw here. Give me a sec. So, this is a big one that a lot of people get wrong. And what it basically is, and I'm going to have to tilt this even, but we're improvising here. So, macro, big, micro, small. Simple enough, right? Now, what is an example of macro versus micro, right? Well, California is a state within America. So America could be called macro, California could be called micro, or California could be called macro, and Los Angeles could be called micro, right? Or United States, America could be called micro, and the world could be called macro. Or Earth could be called micro, universe could be called macro, right? What I mean is just big versus component of big, aka small, right? So not small exclusive from big, but small component of big, right? You get what I'm saying? So we can also call this big macro could be called war and small micro could be called battle. Now, a war is simply a sum total of battles, right? Now, you can win, you can lose a battle, but still win the war. And you can win a battle, but still lose the war, right? You get what I'm saying? So, when it comes to loving what you do, right, you want to love the macro, right? Important. You want to love the macro, but you will not love everything you do that is micro. So let me give you an example. I like at the macro level building things and learning things, right? I really love building things and learning how to do new things. No matter what it is, I really enjoy it. That's my passion. But does that mean that I love every single minute and every single task I ever do ever? No, that is not true. I love the macro. I sometimes really dislike, almost borderline hate micro. Let me give you an example. 
Like, if I have to do, uh, I'll tell you some things I really dislike, right? So I really dislike uh, tax returns and government forms and things like that. They're really annoying. Same with payroll. It's very complicated. I also dislike uh, dealing with benefits, like employee benefits. It's so complicated and it's annoying. And those things I really don't like. I also dislike tedious, repetitive tasks like doing customer support tickets or replying to emails or even kind of political things like uh, basically meetings and things like that. I really dislike all of that stuff. I also dislike, uh, yeah, anything political, anything that isn't really building something, right? All of those things I have to do because they're, they're laws and they're things I have to do in order to build. Like I need to have good benefits and payroll systems and things so that our people can get paid and be looked after. I also need to file tax returns and deal with all of those government forms because that's the law and if I don't, I'll probably go to jail, right? So I have to do these things in order to build. So I have to do the micro in order to achieve the macro. So really, I have to do things I don't like in order to do the thing that I love, right? Now, this is an important way to think about it. Battles versus wars, macro versus micro, because when you really love the macro, that's how you justify the pain and suffering of the micro. So when I get to one of those tasks that I really dislike, I just think, it's all right, it's just building. It's just building, it's just building, right? I spent the last like 12 months doing 600 job interviews to try and find like some top talent engineers. It really wasn't fun. I don't like talking on the phone to strangers all day, every day, and working that hard for so long, right? Doing something like that. I really don't like that. It wasn't fun. However, I convinced myself by saying, it's okay, I'm building. You can't see it now, Sam. Nothing's being built now. But by getting the right person, they will be able to build everything you ever want to build, and they'll be able to build it fast. So therefore, over the long term, what you're doing now doesn't look like building, but it is the best way you could possibly be building. In the long term, you just can't see it right now. Right? This is the argument I kept running through in my head every day when I was like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, get me out of here. I was able to basically overlay some rationale and some logic and some reason to convince myself that what I was doing was right because it was a means towards an ultimate end that I wanted. And these two were aligned. So this comes back to also goal. If I didn't know what my goal was, I'd be sitting there doing all these job interviews being like, what the hell am I doing, right? And it also comes back to the equation and then macro versus micro. So you, if you approach some task or something that you don't like doing, but it's essential for you to do it in order to achieve what you love, do not abandon that because that means that you're really sacrificing what you love, right? Imagine having a child, like a child is probably the, the thing that humans most love out of everything that they could have, right? And with a child, that does a child, which is like macro, does that come with no micro problems? <laughs> Not true. Like you have to, first of all, be pregnant. And I don't know what that's like, but I'm sure it's not the most pleasant. And then you have to give birth. 
And then you also have to look after a baby in its infant years and do all of this stuff, right? A lot of that stuff, I'm sure it's not very fun. But the means, the end justifies the means, and the macro justifies the micro. And if that wasn't true, then humans would have stopped reproducing a long time ago, right? So that's how you want to think like that. Now, what else have we got? Well, there's garbage in, garbage out, and I've already mentioned this a few times, G-I-G-O. You know, what, a lot of people, they think, how did that person get so good at that? Or how did that person get so smart at that? And why aren't I as good at that as that person is at that thing? It's inputs. That's it. Like, garbage in, garbage out, and outputs derived from inputs. There's no other thing, right? So, if you want to be stronger, you need to practice more. That's the input. If you want to think clearer, I've already run through some of those inputs. And then information. Like, who are the five people that you spend the most time with? Look at those people carefully. You know, you want to be, you are who you hang out with, right? You'll become who you hang out with. Your environment shapes you. We're products of our environment. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, the people in that environment. Uh, you are what you eat. And then, you know, all of these things shape who you are. And if you've got really crazy brain, then you really want to look at these things around you, right? So that's a big one. Think of every input that comes into you. Information, people, experiences, surroundings, food, water, sleep. Everything going into you in every dimension is going to change who you are. And you want to control those gates. You're the only person that can gatekeep that. And then the tenth one is just shit people. Alright? And you can't even see that, but I just wrote down there, shit people. And this is huge. You know, shit people, being around them, like, negative and just kind of, like, their intentions aren't good, right? So people who are a bit, like, dark with their intentions or people who just are always negative and hateful and things like this or people that always put other people down or are jealous or people that are very egotistical and people who judge other people by, like, by all sorts of things, right? These people are very, 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 very toxic. And you don't want to have any of these people in your life. Now, if it's like your parent or your kid or your, uh, or your wife or husband or something like that or your best friend and they've just suddenly turned like this, sure, there's an exception. You want to probably stay with that person and try help them and try fix them. But beyond that, you want to try to weed all of these people out of your life because they're going to have an impact on you, a big one. And it'll change the way you think and it will screw up your brain, and it will screw up your life if you let it. So really this, this was something I didn't really pay attention to until later in life. The people that I hang out with and work with and do everything with, they massively affect how I feel and how I think, and all of that, probably more than anything else, it's people. Beyond probably sleep and diet. Sleep and diet are probably the two biggest things that swing my moods, but beyond that, it's probably people. More than what information I read in books, it's people. They are really big, like, variables in this equation. And you want to really watch 
who those people are and guard the gates of your life and who you hang out with and talk to really, really, really closely. So that pretty much brings us to the end of this video. And the topic was uh, why your brain is fucked, right? And it's because of chaos or maybe too much order or any of these things. So I'll just run through them quickly to summarize. Diet, you wanna eat well, don't drink alcohol, or if you do, don't drink enough to get you drunk. Two, sleep, seven to eight hours. Three, environment, have a good one, one that supports achieving of the goal. Four, have a goal, make it clear it should be long-term, and let the goal dictate your actions and your environments and everything else, and your inputs. And then five, equation, hold the goal constant and one side of the equation here constant and iterate one variable. And then six, too much chaos, too much divergence, right? Then you want to converge it a bit, collapse it. And then too much order, that's doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Try randomness, right? Use randomness or chaos or disorder or entropy to really start finding some new combinations of things, new combinations of elements. And then eight, battles versus wars, macro versus micro. The macro you should love, the micro you're not gonna love a lot of the time, but it justifies it because you have to do that to do what you love and be happy, right? Just like, you know, to be happy is kind of a, like to be happy you have to be unhappy, right? Because to be happy you also have to like exercise and things and eat healthy. But sometimes eating healthy and eating salads and things and exercising and feeling really bad in the middle of the exercise is a requirement to actually feel happy after the exercise and to feel good after eating the salad, right? So to be happy, you have to be a bit unhappy. But if you're trying to be happy all the time, you'd probably just go hook yourself up to a morphine IV and just lie down and go to sleep, right? But then you're not really being happy because if you woke up from that morphine IV induced coma, you probably would be pretty unhappy, right? And then nine, garbage in, garbage out. Outputs derived from inputs. You are what you eat, you are who you hang out with, you are a product of your environment, and you wanna control those inputs. Be the gatekeeper. And 10 shit people, just don't do them. Don't have them around, weed them out, make a little map of all the people you hang out with, and start like, optimizing that, right? You need to do this if you want to unfuck your brain, think clearly, and have a good life. So if you like this video, click the like button, and also subscribe with that little subscribe button. And then I release a video like this every Tuesday, and if you want more of them, just subscribe to get notified when I release one. Also, let me know what you thought in the comments section below. I am reading all of the comments myself personally, and the feedback that you give helps shape the content that I release. So the video I release next week, I don't even know what it's gonna be yet. And your feedback below in the comments will help shape that. So if you want help with different things that you're facing in life or in business or whatever, then tell me about it and I'll take that and create some content that can really serve you. So that's it for this video. Thanks for watching. I'll see you in the next one soon.